All right, so we're going to go ahead, my wife and I are going to sing for you before uh, we come to uh, the message. And I hope that uh, this um, uh, will just minister to your heart, um, taken from the scriptures where um, uh, the prophet calls upon the people to return to the Lord. And so that is going to be uh, our song tonight. Oh, 
because the world has given us a different idea of what we ought to do, and uh, and because uh, it's difficult, we think that oh, there, this must, because it's difficult for me, that the scriptures must mean something other than what they do obvious say right in front of me. Um, but uh, the kind of the premise coming into this is that we live uh, in a hurting generation. Do we not? We live in a we live in a time when people hurt. Other people. Now that's not new to uh, you know to the 21st century. People have always um, hurt other people. Um, but uh, do we not here in the United States? Does it not feel that we live in a hurting generation? Um, I have uh, was reading through some statistics, and those ones I have I think are even a little bit old and really probably should be updated. Um, the one the statistic says that uh, at least right now in the United States, at least one out of two marriages end in divorce. No wonder people hurt. That's just. What happens so often, and it's sad, and it's sad, and therefore people are hurt. Um, one statistic I read is that um, 700,000 kids every year are abused, whether that be verbally, physically, or sexually. And I think, uh, I have a feeling, I think that stat is just a little bit old. It probably should be a lot higher than that. But you think about it. Why do people hurt? Well, because other people have hurt them. Um, what about, uh, uh, one thing that's talked a lot about in school right now is bullying. One stat I read is that 28% of 6th through 12th graders will be bullied. Now, recognize that bullying is different from being picked on. We were all picked on at some point for something that we did. Um, but um, 28% of 6th through 12th graders will be bullied before they get out of school. No wonder people hurt. What about um, uh, just even uh, even in co- amongst uh, married couples or even amongst couples that are not married, uh, there, is, um, there is cheating and there is uh, immorality that goes on between them. And so it's no wonder that people are hurt. Um, people use unkind words. I mean, goodness, um, you know, you just, uh, just think about the, the things that people say, especially in a social media standpoint or from on, our, on a, uh, a messaging app. People say the most unkind things when they can hide behind a screen, and therefore, people hurt. Um, people make, uh, tell lies. People b- break promises. We live in a hurting generation. And you know what God says to people like you and me who have legitimately been hurt? You know what he says? One of the things that God expects from us, people who have been legitimately hurt, he says, Christian, God expects you to forgive. <laughs> God expects you to forgive. Now, I remember when it just really, I remember when it just really hit home for me that every person sitting in this room, and really any person at all, but just focusing and thinking about you, every person has been hurt by somebody. And that hurt could go deeper for some than for others, but every single one of us has been hurt at some point. And Jesus says this, he said in Matthew 6, verse 12, in the Lord's Prayer, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But look, if you would, down the verse we'll look at tonight is Ephesians 4, verse number 32, says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. I know this verse is one that uh, that my parents made me memorize very early on because every time I was not kind to my sister, they would bring out this verse. What does Ephesians 4.32 say? Oh, i got to be kind to my sister. You know, be kind one to another. Guess what? It's great for kids. It's very much needed for adults. Because God says to a hurting world, you 
need to learn to forgive. So what I want us to look at tonight is the idea, the concept from verse Ephesians 4.32 of forgiveness. And so I want us to see a few things tonight. First of all, is that Jesus led by example on, on forgiving and on how to forgive and doing it himself. You know, one thing, when God expects us, as we'll talk about here in just a little bit, God expects us to forgive others. And one of the things is that God has not God is not asking us to do something that he was not willing to do himself. And what did uh, you think about it? Because the Bible says that every single one of us has sinned. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, we, we make the mistake if we think that we are somehow basically good people. The Bible does not say that we are basically good people. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, we are born as sinners. Romans 5 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Every single one of us at some point has sinned. You know what one of the... Um, Biblical terms is that we could use if we want to describe what sin is. Sin is an offense against God. You ever been offended? Has someone ever offended you by something they said? Something they did? Probably especially in something that someone said. You ever Could you ever walk away and say, wow, that person offended me. Friend, do you realize something? That every time you sin against God, you have offended God. Because this is his world. This is not our world to dominate. Uh, he has just left us to, uh, to be in charge of things that go on on the earth until uh, he sets up his kingdom. But God is the one. He is our creator. And uh, he is our God. And so God, and so every time we sin and we break his law, we have offended our holy, righteous God. Think about it. How many times a day do you sin? You know, remember that, uh, remember how we talked about on Sunday, if you just sin three times a day, that'd be a th about a thousand sins in a year. You live to be 75, 75,000 sins. You know, if someone was to offend you 75,000 times, you think it'd be kind of hard to forgive them? Yeah, it would, it would definitely be hard. But Jesus, even though we have sinned so many more times than that against our holy God, yet he is willing to to forgive us even though we have offended him so much. Ephesians 1.7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In other words, God dug deep down into the depths of the riches of his grace to forgive sinners like me and to forgive sinners like you. God, had to, God dug deep, but he had grace that was deep enough for that to pay, can we say this, the debt that we owe. Colossians 1.14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Can we say it this way? You know, if someone offends you, if someone hurts you, and sometimes we use the phrase, well, they owe me now. They have, can we say, there's almost like a debt that they owe you because of the pain or the hurt that they have caused towards you. They have taken a, they have taken negative, they have taken a negative, they have uh, taken away your strength, some emotional stamina, they have hurt you, caused pain inside of you. And so, and so the, you, you could say, when, when someone has hurt you, they are in debt. 
to you. Folks, we have offended God, and we were in great debt to God because of our sin debt. But you know what God did was he, when he died on the cross, he, for one thing, he paid the debt that we owed towards him, but he was, he made the way that he could forgive sinners of their debts. Back in, uh, back in Bible times, uh, what they would do is if you owed someone a debt, they'd take a piece of paper, maybe, some kind of parchment, well, paper, some kind of parchment, and they'd write, you know, the debt would be written out there, and once it was paid, once it had the big the loan had been completely paid back, they would take that receipt that showed the debt that you owed, and they would write on it either a massive X over it, or they would write on it, paid in full. You ever gotten one of those, you know, uh, when you go to like to a, a small business, and instead of just printing off the little white uh, tag, you know, they actually make they actually like write out a receipt, and at the bottom sometimes they write paid or paid in full. And so what they would do is they would take that paper, once the debt had been completely paid, they'd go to that person's house and they would nail that receipt to their door, in essence saying, it is completely paid, you owe me nothing anymore. And folks, when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying the sin debt that we ought to have to pay in hell forever. And God was so kind and loved you and me so much that even though our sin deserved the eternal punishment of the flames of hell, God paid for that debt of sin on the cross, and now he is willing to forgive anyone who will ask for forgiveness of him, for he has paid that debt, and his forgiveness cost so much as he hung there and suffered on the cross. And so Jesus basically says here in this verse, verse number 32, he says, because I forgave, you ought to. Amen. I did it, so therefore you should. Well, where does it say that? Well, at the end of verse 32, we're going to kind of work our way backwards through the verse. It says, even as God, he tells us to forgive, but he says, do it even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So he says, God's already forgiven you. You ought to forgive others. He's forgiven you a great debt. You ought to forgive others. Um, so then, but also let's notice this, is that, uh, is that God is also saying that we are to forgive others the way that God did. Because oftentimes we come up with this concept of what forgiveness looks like, or we just use you know, modern culture and we, and we just feed off of what other people say or do to figure out how in the world are we supposed to forgive other people. Well, let's find out here tonight. We've seen Jesus led by example on how to forgive. Here's number two. How simply, practically, from this verse, how do we forgive? First of all, realize this, is that forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. Notice, if you would, verse 32, the command is given, be kind, be tenderhearted, and he says, forgiving, forgive one another. So he says, so the forgiving is something, it is a command. And therefore, if we're going to, when someone comes up to us and asks us for forgiveness, God says to us that we are, that forgiving someone is a choice, not a feeling. Because do we not sometimes think this? Well, Brother Matt, I just don't feel like forgiving them. Yeah, you know what? You probably never will. Do you ever have to sometimes make some decisions based on what is right, not based on how you feel at the moment? Do you ever, like me, was there ever a time you just felt like walking out of work? Just like, bye. You know, see you all, this has been horrible. You know, have you ever felt that way? But you know what you did? You made the right choice. You stayed right there, stuck through it, and you lived to, you know, you didn't lose your job that day. You know, 
And sometimes we have to make choices over of what our feelings desire. Because believe it or not, friends, there probably, probably never will be a person that you feel like forgiving. But forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a choice. Yeah. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It is a choice. It's a command from God. But here's some second principle on how do you forgive. We are to forgive again and again and again and again and again and again and again. You say, Brother Matt, who, who says that I have to forgive that many times? That, the, the reason why we have to forgive over and over and over is because that's what God did for you. Would you really like it if God shut off the forgiveness, the forgiveness spout sometime, just in the middle, be like, you know what, I, I, I've forgiven you before, I'm kind of done with that. You know, actually, in Matthew chapter 18, um, Peter comes up to Jesus, and he says, he says to Jesus this, he says, um, if my brother offends me, or, or wrongs me, uh, and I forgive him, how, basically he asks, how many times shall I forgive him? Until seven times? Now, we all hear that and we think, oh my goodness, why such a low number? Well, for Peter, Peter thought that was a large number, and here's why. Uh, remember the Pharisees? Remember we talked about Pharisees Sunday night, if you were here Sunday night? The Pharisees said that you only had to forgive someone if they offended you, and they did it multiple times. The Pharisees said you only had to forgive three times. So Peter, he's, uh, he's thinking, all right, Lord, we're going to impress you here. If someone offends me, what if I, three times, what if I double that number and add one seven times? Whoa, Lord, aren't you impressed with me? And should I probably forgive him seven times? And the Lord says, what, in Matthew 18? Not seven times, but 70 times seven times. In other words, he's, Jesus is saying, you're to forgive again and again and again. If someone is to call, comes up to you and offends you multiple times and asks you to forgive them multiple times, God says you are to forgive them multiple times. Why? Because that's what God did for you. That's what God did for you. How interesting it is that we want God to forgive us over and over and over for the same sins over and over, but we don't want to extend that same grace to someone else. How sad. How hypocritical. How proud of us. So Jesus says, you're to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. But he says we are to forgive again and again and again. But then he also says that we are to have what I call the attitude of forgiveness. Okay? Um, now, uh, I feel like, at least, um, and I may be a little bit off on this, but I feel like this would be pretty true. Most of us, now, we may have a few situations where uh, where someone has asked us to forgive them, uh, but we're struggling with actually giving them forgiveness. But you know where a lot of us land is that someone has hurt us, and they're not going to ask for forgiveness. You know, someone has maybe stolen something from you. Someone has, uh, uh, you know, someone has just uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, done something to you that just is, just hurt you, but they're not going to ask for forgiveness. Isn't that where we oftentimes find that we land a whole lot? What do we do? Can we say this? What do we do in the meantime? Because do we not oftentimes have people that, you know, uh, they, they maybe they've offended us, maybe they've hurt us, and so what are we supposed to do in the meantime? Oftentimes, don't we keep this, sometimes, especially the world will want us to say, oh, well, you just kind of hold them at arm's length, you don't talk to them. No, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. 
and then forgiving one another. You know, you think about Jesus' attitude on the cross. Jesus said in Luke 23, so Jesus is hanging on the cross, and the soldiers, they take his clothes, they strip them off him. Jesus had a pretty nice uh, set of clothing, and while Jesus is suffering, dripping out, bleeding, dying, the soldiers down below are taking his clothes, and they're gambling uh, to see who gets his clothing, and while all they can think about is gambling to see who gets the dead man's clothes, Jesus says what? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They know not what they do. You know what he was, you know, would you say, but they hadn't asked for forgiveness yet. No, they hadn't. But you know what Jesus was ready to do? As soon as they would ask forgiveness, he was ready to give it to them. Oftentimes, do we not think, oh, well, I'll forgive them after they come crying and groveling and telling me how right I was, folks. That's pride. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that to us? Because that's not how God forgives. That is not how God forgives God. Even though there are some things we where we have offended God, and yet even though well, we, we may take days, weeks, maybe even years to get something right with God, to come clean with God about something, God does not just say, all right, well, you haven't asked forgiveness yet, so you're just going to have a horrible, terrible life. I'm just going to make everything bad happen to you. You know, sometimes God is awfully nice to us when we are have not been very good to him. You ever notice that? God being really good to us at the times when we are sometimes the most sinful and sometimes the worst. And so God says, when people... When people maybe haven't asked for forgiveness yet, he says you need to have the attitude of forgiveness, which is a heart of kindness and tenderheartedness. I remember one person saying, uh, saying, you know, so-and-so has not repented yet of their sins, so I don't have to forgive them yet. I've heard someone say, basically say that. You know what was not there? The attitude of forgiveness. Jesus, thank goodness Jesus didn't talk about us that way or refer to us that way because, uh, because forgiveness requires us to have the attitude of forgiveness, the attitude of kindness and tenderheartedness towards people who are being ready to forgive even if they haven't repented yet. But then here's another principle about forgiveness from this verse is that the concept of forgiveness, again, forgiving the way God did for Christ's sake, is that forgiveness requires you to stop the replays. I want you to think about this. Do we not oftentimes, do we not say, oh, I've forgiven them, but we replay the hurt over and over and over in our minds, and then we review it with someone else. We find someone who will sympathize with us, and we talk about it with them, or we, uh, or we complain, maybe we complain about it to God and say, God, why haven't you brought some judgment on them or something? And we replay it. Do you know something is that God does not replay the offenses that you have asked his forgiveness for? No, he doesn't. What does the Bible say? Well, Hebrews, or, um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, God says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, he says, and their sins and their iniquities, listen to this, will I remember no more. Isaiah 43, God says, I, even I, am he that blotted out your transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Now, in both those verses, Isaiah and in Hebrews, um, he says, I will not remember your sins anymore. Now, that may immediately, you know, makes me think, now, wait a minute. Does that mean, like, God forgets stuff? Like, it, you know, can God forget things? Well, no. Uh, the Bible says that God knows all things, all right? So God cannot supernaturally unknow something where he goes, oh, 
You said I never even knew that. You did? When, when did that happen? God doesn't do that, okay? He knows all things. But the Bible, what the Bible is indicating when it says that God remembers our sins is the idea that he does, that God chooses not to think on your sins that you've asked forgiveness for. God chooses not to think on them anymore. And you know something that is awfully kind of him? Because don't we, um, you know, we kind of do this, you know, especially maybe if we've had an embarrassing moment. You know, maybe there's been an embarrassing time in your life. Haven't we all had them? I remember climbing over the uh, the chain link fence at the some at a, uh, a church get together. I was about 12 years old, climbing over the fence. That those that fence caught my jeans and ripped them, made a big old rip right in the middle of them. You know, right where uh, right where it would be extra embarrassing. You know, and uh, and so you know, right you know, I'm, I'm playing with all my friends, and so you know, what a great situation to be in with your pants ripped like that. Well, you know, uh, oftentimes we want to forget about that, don't we? Well, how do you forget about it? Well, it's not like you go, oh, that event never took place in my life. Well, no, you choose what you're going to think about. Every one of us chooses what we're going to think about. And you know, we've all been hurt. We have the choice of whether we are going to replay the things people have said and the things people have done in our minds or not. We get to pick. We get to pick what rolls through our minds. And you know what God does for us? He does not replay your sins that you've asked for forgiveness for. And so therefore, if we're going to forgive as God did for Christ's sake, we have got to not bring up the replays. Because when you forgive someone, the word forgive is a word that means to release or to let go. That's why forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. The word forgive, the verb here in the Greek actually means to release or to let go something go. So when you are forgiving someone, if you say, uh, if you someone asks forgiveness and you say, I forgive you, or you want to have the attitude of forgiveness where you say, I'm willing to forgive should they ask, and in the meantime I'll be kind and tender-hearted. Um, so if, you, if you're that way, well, when you forgive, you are promise, basically promising to not bring up the matter again to yourself, to the offender, to others, you're promising this thing because this is how God does for us. This is what God does for us. And so how are we to forgive? Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. We're to forgive again and again and again and again because that's what God did for us. We are to have the attitude of forgiveness if someone hasn't asked forgiveness yet. And then finally, we've got to get rid of the replays. Now, I want you to think about this. We've seen, you know, Jesus led the example on how to forgive. Then we've seen how to forgive. But let's ask this question, number three. Why don't people forgive? You ever thought about that? What, what are the reasons why people don't forgive? You know, one of, uh, there, there can be a variety of reasons. One would be pride. You know why some people don't forgive other people or just aren't willing, aren't willing to forgive them even if they did ask? is because of pride. You know what pride says? Pride says they don't deserve forgiveness. Now, you know something? You're right. They don't deserve forgiveness, and neither did you, but God gave it to you anyway. God gave us forgiveness anyway, even though we didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything great to earn it. We're sinners. But God commended. He demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what pride says? Pride says they don't deserve it. Okay, sure, they don't. Neither did you. And it's amazing. We want God to forgive us. 
but we're too proud sometimes to forgive others. What, what then also, why don't people forgive others? Sometimes it's anger. Anger says, I want them to feel the hurt that I felt. Anger says, I want them to experience the pain that I have, and so I will not forgive them. I want any possible way that I can possibly cause pain to them. I want them to know pain too. Folks, again, thank goodness God doesn't forgive us that way. Thank goodness that when we ask for forgiveness, God does not respond in anger and say, well, you're going to have to suffer for a little while, then we'll talk about forgiving you. Thank goodness that God doesn't do it that way. But sometimes people don't forgive because they're angry, and, uh, or sometimes because they're proud. But you know, some people don't forgive others because of hurt. And hurt, hurt says that pride says they don't deserve forgiveness. Hurt says, I am not able to forgive because of hurt. Because the hurt goes too deep. Let me say this. Uh, let me kind of, or maybe put it this way, is that um, you, in and of yourself, are not able, in and of your own power, to do anything that God has asked. We need God's power. Because you know what? No normal human being is able to forgive people who have hurt them. No human being is able to do that. The only, then you say, how could anyone possibly do this? people who ask God for the strength to forgive. Because oftentimes people will, even though they hurt, and trust me, I have been hurt by people before. And even though that hurt stings, God still expects us to forgive, or if they haven't asked forgiveness yet, to still be kind and to still be tenderhearted uh, until maybe there's a reconciliation. But God says that we, even though the hurt is there, we've got to forgive even if we hurt. For example, let me give you an example that maybe will encourage you. Because oftentimes do we not think, well, I, I have it the worst. No one's going to get hurt worse than I have. You know, we got to be careful with that. Back in 2015, a guy by the name of Dylan, Dylan goes to, uh, went to, uh, visited a church. It was on a Wednesday night. Visited a church in South Carolina. Real small church, you know. Um, I think, le yeah, less people in the room than ordered here. They had, um, I think it was 12. Yeah, they had like 12 people in the building that night. And they said that Dylan was the 13th person that came in. And so just, you know, Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study. And so they, uh, they uh, as was said afterwards, they kind of set up a circle of chairs. And whoever was in charge that night uh, gave, uh, you know, gave a little bit of a Bible study. They said uh, they greeted Dylan uh, with a smile. With, uh, with, a, with a chair, with a Bible, and with a handout. And so they did their Bible study, about 45 minutes, and um, finished and had a little prayer time. And when the, when the leader of the church bowed his head to pray, Dylan revealed to that congregation why he had come that night. And it wasn't to pray. Dylan pulled out a 45 caliber Glock pistol and began to shoot every person in that building. They said even afterwards, uh, they said afterwards that as the reports, as the reports were, because there were a few survivors, but most of the people in that room died that night. They said that sometimes Dylan would shoot someone down and then stand over top of them as they begged for mercy and shot him again. And he said, and by the way, he had actually, Dylan, and I'm just saying, this is what he had said. Dylan was a white guy going into an all-black church, and he said, my hope was that by doing this, I could restart a new race war. What a 
What a disgusting person. Totally innocent people that were slaughtered because of Dylan's sinful thinking. That doesn't even seem to do it justice of how bad it was. And so there were only a few survivors. Listen to what happened. Dylan, of course, was arrested. He was charged and uh, with the murders. And they had a time where you could gather. Uh, they brought him into a special room kind of off somewhere. They had some cameras that were pointed at him, uh, that were pointed at him, and then they had speakers in the room, in this tiny little room as well. Dylan is brought in. Of course, he's in the, you know, the prison uniform, and he's shackled. And uh, he comes up, steps just in front of this camera, kind of has his head down. Behind him, you see two officers armed, standing behind him in this room. And, uh, and then out in another room, the family had gathered. And they had microphones in that room, and the family was given permission to talk to Dylan. What do you say to a guy like that? What do you say to such an evil person who cares nothing for you, for your family member that he stood over and shot in the face? Listen to what some of these people said. And this is, this is, uh, this is exactly as I heard it from what they said. One lady said, I forgive you. She said, you took something very precious from me. I will never talk to her again. I will never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you. May God have mercy on your soul. Listen to what uh, another man said. He said, to, uh, he said to Dylan, as he could see him up on the screen, of course, they could hear back and forth. He said, you know, I forgive you. My family forgives you. Listen to this. But we would like you to take this opportunity to repent. He said, repent, confess, give your life to the one who matters most, Christ. Would you be thinking about telling someone how to get saved in that moment? Do you think they might have hurt? Uh, one final woman I remember listening, she said, we welcomed you. This is a survivor. We welcomed you Wednesday night in our Bible study with open arms. You have killed some of the most beautiful people that I know. She said, every fiber in my body hurts. But she said, as we say in our Bible study, we enjoyed you. And may God have mercy on you. And folks, if you go on YouTube, if you go on YouTube, you can find the video of these people saying this. And, you know, if you went on that church's website, you know, you could probably find a few problems, like, like doctrinal problems, like, especially, you know, if you look at it and you think, ah, oh, I'm not sure that's totally biblical and all, uh, it was some things. So, yeah, and, you know, us good Baptists, we look at that and say, oh, my goodness, you know, what's wrong with that church? You know, they should have, you know, their doctrinal statement needs some, needs some help. Uh, yeah, their doctrinal statement needs some help, but good night, they knew how to forgive. And I tell you what, that ain't easy. But you know what they had to have done was to go to God and say, God help. And in the midst of the worst of times, they were able to have a testimony to a cold killer, have a testimony to you today, that God can enable you to forgive as well. And when we want to say, well, the hurt goes too deep, folks, we have all been hurt pretty deep. All of us, if we 
We shouldn't, but if we stood up here, we could all tell some pretty nasty details of people who have hurt us. But we all have access to the same gracious God who can enable us. So, so let me give you this finally. Why must we forgive? Well, for one thing, because God has commanded it, but also because God has demonstrated. Uh, Colossians 3 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do Ye. But notice this also, is that if you will not forgive others, notice this, is that Satan will attack you. Look at me what at verse 31, the verse right before the one we, we read. You know, there's kind of a, a link between these two verses, I would say, is verse 31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then be a kind, one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Because you know what? If you will not forgive, watch out. Bitterness will overtake you, wrath will overtake you, malice will overtake you, clamor and evil speaking will all overtake you, and before you know it, folks, you will be a bitter, hateful person because you refuse to forgive. But we give the excuses we talk about, well, uh, we say, well, I'm angry, or that uh, we say they don't deserve forgiveness, or we say, I've been hurt too deep, but folks, we've got to watch out because Satan will attack us. But this final thing is that um, we ought to forgive because if we do not forgive, God says that he will not forgive us. And you know, this is really simple scripture. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14, if, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you, will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's not deep, folks. But we want to reason that away because we want some kind of out where we're allowed to stay angry at someone who has hurt us. But God says to a hurting generation, you have got to forgive. If you don't, for one thing, God will not forgive you of your sins. Uh, another thing, you know, Isaiah says that our iniquities, if we have unconfessed sin, will separate us between us and God. And therefore, I mean, we can't even pray if we're not going to forgive someone. Our prayers don't get heard. And, uh, and, uh, and we're, our, God has not forgiven us. And Satan will attack us with anger, with hatred, depression, uh, these kinds of things. So folks, don't go. God does not want you to go through life Carrying the painful burden of anger, of bitterness, of hatred, let it go. God says, forget the word forgive means to release and to let it go. Can I say this too? There's a reason why multiple times in the Bible God says, I am an avenger. You know, oftentimes we want to carry out vengeance on someone. God says, Trust me, you've been hurt. Let's just face it, the Bible does say it. God says, I will deal with and make the score even. Let me do it. In my own way, in my own time. But we like to play God. We like being God. Makes us feel a lot more in control. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. So he says, you worry about forgiving. And let me worry about the vengeance. Don't lose portions of your life, even chances to witness, because of unforgiveness. So hopefully we can be people that go from forgiven to forgiven, to, from forgiven to forgiving by releasing sinners who have hurt us. Let's pray. Lord, um, I pray that you would give, give much grace tonight. Lord, we are in, we're in great need of grace.
We are in great need of your strength. For Lord, um, the hurt goes deep, and um, we, uh, we, we have not the strength um, to overcome it. Lord, we have not the strength to forgive those who have asked it. Lord, we have not the strength to be ready to forgive and to be kind um, to those uh, until they ask forgiveness. And Lord, would you please give us those things? We need it. Lord, would you pour it out tonight? God of all grace, give us grace tonight. Heads are down and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Um, let me just ask you a couple quick questions. How many of you are here tonight, and by raising your hand, you would say, Brother Matt, someone in my life has hurt me, and I am struggling with forgiving them. How many of you would be willing to admit tonight with a raised hand, Brother Matt, someone has hurt me in the past, and I am struggling with forgiveness, forgiving them tonight. Okay, yeah, I see one. You can put it down. Anybody else? Okay, let me ask this then. How many of you also here would say, Brother Matt, I hear what you're saying that Jesus can, you know, led the way on forgiving and forgiving sinners, but I'm not, I'm not even sure if I've been forgiven by God. I'm not even sure if God's forgiven me of my sins. Anyone here who would then raise your hand and say, Brother Matt, I am not sure if my sins have been forgiven by God. Anyone at all who would raise a hand and say, Brother Matt, I'm not sure if my sins are have been forgiven by God. Anyone at all like that? All right, then what we're going to do is uh, I'm just going to ask, Virginia, if you don't mind when you get to um, just play the song of your choice. And like we do each night, just take the time that is given in this invitation time to talk with the Lord. Some of you need, some of you may, it may be as simple as, uh, you may need to say, Lord, help me to be kind. They're not going to ask for forgiveness for a long time. Help me to be kind. Others of you may just say, I've got to release that. I've got to give forgiveness. Someone's asked me already. I need to give forgiveness. Help me, Lord. Help me. It hurts. Some of you may just need to say, God, give me grace to go through the hurt. Some of you might need to say, Lord, i got to stop these replays. These things have got to go. Help me, Lord. So would you please take this time now, come on down to the front, have a seat on the front pew, kneel at the altar, kneel right there in your seat as some have done, but take this time to talk with the Lord. You do not want to go out of here wondering if God is going to forgive your sins.